I, I thought like Keanu Reeves was offered the role. I'm so glad he didn't Love take Keanu, that. But <laughs> Keanu's pure. We can't we can't yeah. taint him with I, this. He's so pure. I I think Keanu could definitely pull it off. But should he? No. <laughs> De- not my Keanu. Yeah, not my, <laughs> hashtag, not my Keanu. <laughs> okay, so we just watched American Psycho. So... Frank had not seen it before. True. But we have both seen it. Right. What are your what are your thoughts, young Frank? Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts, I loved it. I was surprised that I loved it because it's been nearly 20 years with it being a huge blind spot. And it's one of those that everyone loves it so much that it's like, well, there's got to be something wrong with it. I'm not going to like that. Sure. It was awesome. It was such an intriguing character study. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a few years. And for this viewing, kind of realized like how funny it is whereas I think before I had taken as like a more serious like a more serious depiction of this douchebag of a guy and I was like I love this movie despite the fact that I hate everything in it so much but this time I was like oh it's actually really funny and there's something maybe I was too young to really feel the humor in it before right but I thought it was fucking hilarious this time around (laughs) I mean it's hard not to laugh at Christian Bale dancing while holding an axe because it's such a weird dance move also that it's like not only is it funny in that scenario, but the way that he does it is like so dorky yeah, and so not what you think this guy would do. So it's, it's such a suave move. Yeah. Like he's such an attractive man, but I don't think well, he uh, can maybe carry a beat in that. And that like, hilarious. not to like dive headfirst into it, but I think when I talk about American Psycho, a lot of people talk about how you don't really know if what you see is what actually happens. Mm -hmm. And that often made me wonder because Christian Bale is so attractive and, you know, so like clean cut and so well built. Is that just what Patrick sees? Yeah, is that his own perception of Because I would love to imagine a world where he doesn't look like that at all, where he looks like a guy who would be in love with the guy that was in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Because there's some kind of miscommunication there. And he's so unreliable as a narrator. Yeah. And the fact that we're only in his POV mm-hmm. and it really only unravels towards the end, it does make me question a lot about it. Yeah. Because it seems like everyone deems him as like a forgettable dude, right? Yeah, he's so or pathetic. Like everyone is interchangeable in that. Because, you know what I mean? Like they're so materialistic. There's no real connection. There doesn't seem to be real friendships or real yeah. any kind of community. But I'm also wondering, like, knowing that in my head, I'm like, oh, but he's, like, a very attractive man. I could see him getting away with a lot of this stuff. Right. But, like, what if he isn't that attractive at all? Like, what if he's just not that stunning model-esque looking guy? It's an interesting concept. Yeah, like, he's so unremarkable that his own lawyer doesn't even know who he is. Yeah. And he, like, after that harrowing confession, like. Exactly. Although I'm in the camp that I, I like to think that everything did happen. Me too. I, you know. I think I could be misremembering it, but I think the director has said, or maybe it was the writer, but someone who was involved with it was like, my intention is as if he actually did these things. Yeah. And although I don't like when creators give a definitive answer, Mm -hmm. that is the one I would prefer rather than being like, oh, it was all a dream or it's because he didn't take his pills for a week or whatever, you know? Yeah. Towards the beginning, he says, 
I want to kill you, whatever, to the bartender. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's not actually saying that to her. This is in his head. And then later he says it to the homeless man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he really is saying this stuff. Or when he, when that woman was talking to him at another bar, another bar sequence, and what was it? Oh, she, she, she I'm murders, into murders and executions. Yeah. And she thought he said murders and acquisitions. Right. But also yeah. maybe she just thought he was being clever too. Yeah, I mean, it can be interpreted in so many ways. Or she's just not. That. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. And it's either like, it can be read in so many ways. Like, she's truly not listening. Mm-hmm. She's had this conversation so many times right. with so many guys. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Which does bring up like, oh, all, all the guys I talk to who are in mergers and acquisitions uh, don't like it. Yeah. Right. You know? But that's like Reese Witherspoon at the end where mm-hmm. he's like, we're breaking up. Like, I can't control my urge to kill. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, everything's fine. He's literally drawing the woman yeah. with the chainsaw on her body. Right. And angrily crossing it out. Yeah. And she's just like, Ugh. Which that, <laughs> that was like the one moment in the movie that I was like, this is preposterous. They're at such a posh restaurant. <laughs> That's the one. He's requesting a crayon from the maitre d'. What if he brought it from home? He could have, but <laughs> he's so particular about things, like the specifics of everything that he's like, this one crayon. <laughs> Plus, there's more than one color on that page. There yeah. is. It's a blue so and a red. he has two yeah. crayons. He has two crayons. But I'm glad that his secretary finds his drawings and it brings it back. It's like yeah. not a one-off thing. Like he draws these images. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is doodling these like murderous images all the time. Yeah, it was a nice touch to make it really well-rounded. That's like, yeah. it's not just a gag yeah. mm-hmm. for the restaurant scene. Yeah. And I will say, I usually always hate whenever there's like drawn media in films. I find it really annoying. But that is actually a... I don't want to call it a symptom, but people who have really disturbing thoughts tend to also draw them, especially if they're really like sexualized. Children right. So stuff. that's like, yeah. those are actual drawings that would have been real if this was a real person. So yeah. I buy that for sure. Yeah, it's not like that fantastical to think that yeah. he would be doodling headless women in a notebook yeah. or whatever. Yeah, especially because he doesn't do his job ever. One or two of them. Yeah, I- what the fuck is his job? <laughs> One or vice two. president of white. <laughs> well, they're all vice president. I know. Oh, I love that touch too. <laughs> One or two of the drawings were way more disturbing to me than what the movie actually showed us. Yeah. Like headless fellatio. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah it's there. And it's, it's there. Ugh. Real cringy, you know, because the movie doesn't show that much. Like the most mm-hmm. you really see is when the one woman's running away mm-hmm. and she finds all these bodies around. Uh, yeah, which I and then Paul Allen was that Paul his name? Allen. Paul Allen, yeah. yeah, his apartment. Which what are they doing there? That was so confusing. I think he went there. I don't know if he had an ulterior motive to like frame Paul Allen, or if right. he just wanted to feel like Paul Allen in that space. Right. But oh yeah, they went to his apartment, and then the next day it was clean. Which I think you know, if we're going with the theory that it didn't happen, it didn't happen. That's fine. But I like to think that. They saw that, they thought it was Paul Allen, and then they cleaned it up real quickly because they don't want that to get out. Like under the rug. Yeah. That's that's why there's paint. Well, that's why there's paint everywhere because they painted it. Yeah. That definitely explains her attitude to me. The, uh, yeah. Oh, like don't cause trouble. Like the broker. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cause trouble. Just leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that being the part of the movie where I'm just like, okay, this feels like it's unraveling a little bit for me. Yeah. Because that's when my my original viewing and reading of it, I was like, okay, so it's not happening. He's slipped. And then he he runs and calls the secretary after that, right? He's yeah. like yeah. chowing down on his bottle of pills. Right. And I was like, okay, so he's just had, like, had a psychotic break and imagined all these things happening. And I wasn't 
that wasn't a reading it that sat well with me. I really wanted it to be like, this guy's a lunatic, but right. New York in the 80s is a materialistic place where rich people yeah. get away with it. So it's fine. But yeah, I thought that was an odd part. Really unsettling. I mean, where it gets to me is the, and he even like acknowledges it is when he's shooting his tiny little pistol at the police cars and they both explode and he's like confused about right. it. He's mm-hmm. like, wait, why am, why, why did that happen? And then he just <laughs> runs away. Yeah. So like I, I think even he is getting a little confused about his level of privilege Yeah, in that sense. He's trying to admit that he did it. He's trying to tell people, but no one really seems to care. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't, yeah, they don't care about him in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Right. I was reading this funny thing about how Christian Bale was researching the role, trying to figure out how he was going to really channel this energy that he needed, this like frantic energy. And he saw Tom Cruise doing an interview with David Letterman. And the specific that he brought up was the wide smile and that really boisterous, fun, happy attitude but with nothing behind the eyes. Wow. Yeah. And Emptiness. that's what he channeled. And wow. going in with that knowledge for this viewing, I was like, oh, I fucking see it. Like, I see it. And that's scary. Yeah. Because Tom Cruise is scary as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I actually tried to imagine him in this role, and I was like, I think he might just be playing himself. Maybe. <laughs> if, he were, if he were to be Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. This is my life now. <laughs> I am this man. Yeah, what were the other people that were up for the role? It was a lot of people. Um, There was a huge list. I know that uh, David Cronenberg was at some point going to direct, potentially. That would have been weird. That's like... (laughs) Yeah, I... I do want to see that movie. Like, (laughs) that would have been cool. I don't don't love Cronenberg, but he's got that, like, cold clinical view of things. And this movie has such a striking visual representation like everything looks so sharp and clean yeah and it really surprised me because it doesn't look like any other movie it doesn't look like a normal hollywood movie everything looks just shockingly sharp yeah Yeah. does that make sense it does does, yeah Um, incredibly clean yeah so symmetrical well so the the art director i believe or production designer was also an art dealer at the time so he knew exactly what like these incredibly rich but like empty wall street people would want in their apartment in terms of like they don't care about art but they want it to look like a status symbol so that's why the art was so weird and empty but like you could feel it was like ridiculously expensive and stylish. yeah i like those two photos that are hanging in his apartment the black and white yeah of the people either falling or dancing i like those those kind of ambiguous they were called like specimen series or something they had a very weird name it was very like dehumanized art in the sense that like it was photos of people, but not people. It was just like silhouettes. Yeah, they, it wasn't portraiture. You don't see their faces. Their faces are totally obscured. Yeah, I mean it works thematically, and yeah, I mean yeah, they're yeah. dressed so similar to like everyone in the movie too. Mm-hmm. So it was a good choice. Oh, uh, when Cronenberg was potentially involved, Brad Pitt would have been the lead for that. <laughs> also, a very attractive man. <laughs> Yeah, I like the yeah. thing is like I like Brad Pitt. I actually would have I could have seen that. Like I don't think he would have done as inhumane. Like I couldn't see that emptiness in him, but yeah. like I would have liked to see him kill people. He would have eaten yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Oh, been that's a lot of chewing oh, during yeah. that dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I was just thinking about the actual eating, like when Bateman says, like, I try to eat some of their brains. I try to cook. Oh, my God. Which is, like, so funny because, like, I imagine, like, in the the theory that he really did it, I imagine that he tried it and just did not do it very well. Like, I imagine that it sucked. Yeah, I'm sure. 
But he's so obsessed with serial killers that it's like, oh, this serial killer did that. Yeah, I'm going to try it. He wanted to like, all he wants to do is be a part of something. And right. in like the very beginning in that cab ride, she's like, why do you have this job? And he's like, I just want to fit in. He just wants to fit in with his serial killer buddies that he idolizes. Or right. he just wants to fit in with his yeah. Wall Street buddies that have better business cards than him. Like it's all, and they he, all look the same. He, and that's why like I want him so to funny. look like a really depressing guy. Like I want him to be like this Joe Schmo. Like I want him to just be this sad man that doesn't have any friends. Aww. He talks about so many things that I don't think he's actually interested in. Yeah. Like the all the pop music. The not even the about. pop music, just like he's all just like of the stuff. all of the, you know, we must we Oh must, the politics. Yeah, like, all of the politics. Like we have like less anti Semitism and also fairness to women. And then he's a yeah. fucking yeah, bitch. Yeah. yeah, he's being a fucking bitch. He's treating Asian people like garbage. Right. Yeah. Also, side note, every person in like a subservient role, I Felt like was an Asian person, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, well, the only like people of color was the one homeless guy, and then yeah. the um the masseuses, and then the cleaning, the cleaning people, the dry clean people, and the there were waiters and servers. Yeah, it's I think it's interesting because I think that also fits into like because he's the idealized like white yuppie in a way, right. right? And I feel like that fits into the culture of yuppieism where like Asian people are like. Just they're considered like almost white, so they almost. can be in those spaces, but only in subservient spaces. I think yeah. that it's like a mild, it's a it's a little aspect of the film, but I think it informs the greater idea of this like materialistic New York yuppie. Oh yeah, um, in that world and that space that yeah that he's occupying, and he's like trying super hard to be the best at <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. Does that mean that he scrawled die yuppie scum on the wall at Paul Allen's house? I was wondering about that. So if we're going with it, he tried to frame Paul, which yeah. makes sense. I yeah. don't know if he's that smart, but I like… like It kind of mirrors the Manson murder though. Yeah. So, so like I could see maybe, that. Well, okay. We'll go with that theory for now. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with it. Okay. Yeah. It's just funny that he's like, I am not part of this. I am not right. human. I am not a yuppie. You are a yuppie. I look down on you. Yeah. Well, like the whole like psychopath narrative is that you're better than everyone else. It's like a level of ego. Right. So like even though he doesn't have the best business card, he thinks that he does. Yeah. And that's why he has to kill oh, them. That's why he's so dismantled by Paul Allen's apartment being more expensive than yeah. his. Yeah. That's why he like forcibly takes it. Because he's yeah. like, you don't deserve this. This is my apartment now. Yeah. Oh, he's such a wild character. <laughs> uh but it seemed like, like I do think he believes uh, the pop culture music stuff that he's talking about. I think that is important to him. But anytime he talks about a serial killer, it seems like he's actually trying to connect with people. Yeah. Like yeah. when he's reciting the the pop culture musings, it's just like, I'm going to talk at you. Yeah. I believe in what I'm saying, but it doesn't matter if you know this or care or not. It's like it's but something he read off Wikipedia. Anytime. Totally, yeah. yeah. Anytime. <laughs> I think he thinks about these things like when he's talking about Whitney Houston's first album having four singles or four number one singles whatever it was like he truly seems to be like breathing that in and absorbing like what that truly means and how impressive that actually is because the idea of popularity is like so an obsession of his in a lot of different ways right I think I think he gets something from the music too like the way he talks about it and the way he listens to it, like when 
was it Lady in Red is playing? He's yeah. listening to it in his office. Yeah. He's getting something from that experience. And the one thing I know from the book, a friend of mine read it in high school and was like, yeah, it's weird. Bono keeps popping up. <laughs> he goes to see you too. And then Bono is singing at him. And like there's flames everywhere. And so I think there's something about like, I don't know if there's messages in the music or. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but he seems connected to music. Yeah. Um, but anytime he brings up a serial killer, it's like, yeah, you know this, right? Or isn't this interesting? Like, yeah. He's so disappointed when <laughs> Chloe Sauvignon doesn't know. He's right. like, oh. Oh, well, she's like, who's Ted Bundy? Yeah. Right. yeah. And he's just like, his face melts. He's like, no. Or when he's sitting to have drinks with his two coworkers. Ed Gaines. And, and, yeah. Do you know what Ed Gaines said about women? Ed Gaines, maitre d' canal bar? No. Serial killer, Wisconsin in the 50s. What did Ed say? He said, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out and talk to her, be real nice and sweet and treat her right. And what the other part of him think? <laughs> what her head would look like on a stick. <laughs> and they don't yeah. laugh. And he's like, you fucking idiots. It's hilarious. Right. Like, you can see the look in his face. He's like, and that is a moment where I actually agree with him. Yeah. Like, you assholes were just being so disgusting, like, towards women. But why wouldn't they laugh at that? Yeah. Like, how yeah. is that below them? They're just right. as bad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I really hate every guy in those scenes. Like, <laughs> I, I was really impressed with how natural it feels, mm-hmm. or yeah. if this makes sense, how it doesn't feel unnatural. Yeah, right. Like so many times when movies are trying to deliver that type of character or or message, if there is true message there, it just feels so heavy handed. Yeah. Where like mm-hmm. this should feel very heavy handed because they're so broad. They're just, ah, I hate women. Oh, yeah. Jesus. But it's Where's like, the Coke? Oh, I get it. They're <laughs> yeah, like horrible yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, God, though. Shout out to the best line of the movie where it's like, excuse me, I'm trying to do drugs over here. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> The I, that's the best line in the whole movie. It's incredible. So good. That whole scene is really funny. Like I want to go to that party and I want to know what it's like to be in one of those stalls because yeah. everyone's having a different experience. A different. Nobody's night. pissing. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. No one's actually using no one, it no one's as pissing. a bathroom stall. And it, and it's the one time that they're like totally fine with debasing themselves publicly and being yeah. in a truly disgusting environment. Yeah, yeah. they're all happily there and yeah. even. Patrick Bateman is like, hey, come on, like loosen up. Just do this Coke with me. It's yeah. okay that it's sugar. And everything else in his life is like, everything has to be perfect. You need to wear high heels. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Oh. I guess he just, the boy loves cocaine. He does. He really does. He does love cocaine. I mean, I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other time that he's in a situation like that or, or an area like that, like, because when I was talking about the the cleanness of the movie, like even the exterior shots, like mm-hmm. the ge- the geometry of the shots looks so clean, is when he's in the alley with the the homeless man, Al. Yes, Al, and like he's R-A-D. in this dirty environment, you yeah. know, and he's very unhappy about it. Yeah, and he's kind of pointing that out, like you're disgusting, you smell awful. Why yeah. am I even here? Of course, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> yeah. That part kills me, that scene. It's so hard for me to watch. Because I feel like Al seems, when he's like, you're a good man. Like, he's so 
uh, it's like very convincing to me. And I'm just like, oh no, he's about to kill you and he's a terrible man. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's Get not, away, Al. like it's played so well because again, it's like just a natural human reaction. Yeah. That yeah. It doesn't feel like you're watching someone act in a movie Mm-mm. and just being like, oh yeah, please help me. That would be great. Like he's having that real frantic reaction of like, oh yeah, I'm going to grab your hand. Like, thank you. Like I need to yeah. convince you to still help me because you could go away at any moment. Yeah. For real. And you're opening your briefcase. So clearly, like, you're being really good. I'm going to reassure you that I'm very thankful. Yeah. And that I'm worth helping. It hurts so much. And then he stomps the dog. I know. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But but all, all animal abuse was simulated. No animals were harmed. I mean, I don't know. Movie. The one thing I could say is this guy's a real American psycho. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it hurts. Stomping a dog. But um. He's an America psycho. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the most psychotic thing you could do. He doesn't even shoot the cat. No. He <laughs> shoots the woman and the cat gets away. <laughs> the cat part is so funny because he it doesn't look to me like he's going to shoot the cat. It looks to me like he's trying to use the gun to force the cat through the slot. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my hands aren't working here. I need something else. Maybe also, this. Like, <laughs> well, that's the best part about psychosis is like, yeah, that cat's going to fit in that ATM slot. Right. Like, what Like what about that? Like, the, that's the not machine even, told me to. It's going to fit. It must fit. It's going to fit. I, 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 love, so, so I love that the movie isn't leading you there at right. all. Yeah. And then suddenly he gets this message. Yeah. Feed me a cat. <laughs> Feed me a feral cat. And he, he's on board. Okay. Got to do what the ATM says. Can do. ATM gives me money. I need money. (laughs) Give ATM what ATM wants. Give me money. (laughs) And I love just after that, the whole sequence where he's running around and people keep recognizing him. And he's like, oh, wait, wait, where's that tool? Oh, yeah, guns (laughs) in the jacket. Here we go. Must kill. And that like, he doesn't even go in his own, he goes in like a different building first. He goes in like a totally different Wall Street building. Yeah. And the guy's like, Hey, Mr. Smith. Right. And he's like, fuck, kills right. him. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't even know who you are. Why right. is he going But I mean, that, I mean, it's hard to tell because of the way that the narrative's playing with right. your mind. Mm-hmm. But I definitely bought it that it's like, oh, he's he goes by so many different names. He goes by whatever yeah. anybody calls him. It doesn't matter. Right. Like he's, he's not. Like, exactly. Mr. Smith, oh shit, he knows me. <laughs> I've been here before. Yeah. yeah. And then he kills the janitor. <laughs> oh, but he, he like does like goes back. rotates through yeah. the door twice. Like the janitor yeah. didn't even see him, and he right. went back he, and shot he him. Generally, glance in his direction. Like, oh yeah. oh yeah. And that's like the movie is so funny. And I mentioned to you both while we were watching it, like it's really gutsy to put a movie like that in theaters because I I can see. Like there have been funny movies where the director is totally oblivious to how funny it is. Yeah. Sure. And they're just like, why is everybody laughing? Like, this is really serious. <laughs> like there's a wide spectrum of that. There's like, well, they're not laughing at it, you know. They're laughing with it. Right. Yeah. They're laughing because they're relieved. Like people get very sensitive about that. Sure. But then there's things that are legitimately goofy and funny. Yeah. You know, that like it's okay if people laugh at this. This movie is like immediately everything that happens, every line is like you're chuckling about it. But like putting that in a theater and saying, This is a horror movie. I see, like, that's what I love because, yeah. like, it's so hard to like 
truly make something that's scary. And it's so hard to truly make something that's funny. And so like the amount of effort that you have to put in to balance that and right. to like achieve both, right. I think is, it's remarkable. I love it. And from what I know, a lot of the dialogue was directly ripped from the book. So like it wasn't changed. It was mostly just how it was written, right. which yeah. is extremely deadpan. Nobody talks like this. Usually, like it's all very like expository. It's really just like one word sentences. There's not a lot of emotion in what anyone says. It's all just talking. Like just like, there's there's not. Yeah, they're not like dipping into their feelings at any point. Yeah, no one really has any feelings. Exactly, yeah, it's all completely surface level. Yeah. But I was so surprised because like that's not something I've heard about this movie. Like, oh man, that movie's so funny. You gotta see it. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, true. I say that. It's yeah. like, oh, American Psycho, that movie's so good. Or yeah. like, hey, that part with Huey Lewis is so funny. Yeah. Which, yeah, it is. But like, okay, that's the funny part. And then the rest of it must be like really scary. Like he's chasing a woman with the chainsaw and he's nude, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is one of the more frightening moments. Sure. But, Apparently, like, he just hung out on set like that, though. Like, <laughs> he didn't put more clothes on. He right. just, like, hung out with, like, a sock on his dick and was just like, I thought this of, is me. I thought wow. about that. Maybe it's right <laughs> after that he takes a shower again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, like, how much you see of his body. All and, of it. like, I was like, I wonder how closed this set was. Apparently, was all, like, the women, all the women of the set were like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay yeah. for this one. <laughs> I'll stay. I'll help. Let me get all those water bottles. I can help. <laughs> I'll get coffee. Yeah. I'll be so. back. <laughs> but, I, but I was going back to the comedy of it. I was really impressed that they could agree on a tone or a way to perform this dialogue that fits the story and the characters and that's funny, but is an acceptable level of funny. Like it's not too broad mm-hmm. or hammy. But uh, I, I found something on the internet. From the book where somebody's saying like it's a little clearer in the book where like he's hallucinating where he's not. Okay. On on the TV in a commercial, a man holds up a piece of toast and tells his wife, hey, you're right. This margarine really does taste better than shit. (laughs) (laughs) The wife smiles. Okay. And it's like, okay. So that's, If that's how the book is written, it's very clear like what a huge joke this is. Sure, yeah. Or how funny that moment is, you know. So like- gives permission to be funny, you know, mm-hmm. with all of the text. Yeah. I was seeing that the director collapsed laughing when Bateman was dancing before he killed Paul Allen. Like on set, she couldn't like the stop laughing. The moonwalk is so funny. <laughs> it's really funny. It's, it's very, very funny. Because you have to imagine like he's seen that happen and he liked it and he did it himself. Right. Like those are the, right. those are the, the conditions. Yeah, and it's probably not the first time that he's tried that, right? Like, he must have seen it on the Motown 40 or whatever. And like, whoa, what a move. Michael Jackson has such control of his body. Right? I, I need control of my body. Can I moonwalk? I will moonwalk the best. I will moonwalk with an axe. <laughs> like, it's it's just, it's such, like, that in itself is characterization to a T. Right. Sure, yeah. It's Did wonderful. He- did he improvise the dancing, do you know? Yeah, then he moonwalks over and then drops the axe and then, or no, he does that like shimmy thing first. Uh-huh. It looks so weird in the raincoat because like you yeah. can't see his body move. Right, yeah. And it just looks like this weird worm motion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that and then I believe the moonwalk were both improvised in that scene. So good. 
pretty great. Yeah. Thank you, Christian Bale. Because yeah. that's also like <laughs> not even how you would. I mean, I can't tell people how to dance, but that's not really how you dance to that song. Like in his in his like foul cabinet of dance moves, he's like, I'm gonna do this one for this song. Like that's it's just a total like dissociation of like how to receive music <laughs> properly. But you know, yeah, and they like go out to these dance clubs, but they never they never move. stand there. Yes. They just yeah. stand there because it's like a status symbol. Yeah. And do you think like, like oh, I went to this weird art space and went to this club and blah mm-hmm. blah blah? Not that so. I'm sure we all agree he does not need to be coked up right. for this scene. Oh, no. yeah. But you you could say like, okay, well, he's coked up, so he's going to dance around with the axe a lot. Yeah. But he does take like a pill or something. What kind of pill? Do we see what it was? No, no I thought that was says, such a good move, too, because uh, it just says prescribed, prescribed, by, prescribed right. by New York Presbyterian for yeah. Patrick Bateman. Yeah, it doesn't have any specifics And it was on also it. like, take as prescribed. Yeah. Which is like, that means like, when, why, how. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to think that they put an amazing amount of effort into like set design and, and props and everything as, as one would hope with every film. There's the interesting era where on all of the business cards, acquisitions are spelled wrong and it's on every single card. I noticed that. So yeah. it's either like they just didn't know how to spell acquisition, which is like the boring answer or that they like narratively don't even know what they do. And it's just, <laughs> they just have so much money and they're like, we do this and this is what it says on our business card. And, and every, we're all vice president. Yeah. And everyone involved, including the printers are kind of like, all right, just get it done. Like yeah. we're just not even paying attention truly. Wow. That is insane. But it's the kind of movie yeah. where like, I feel like that level of detail could totally be intentional. I mean, we'll never know, know, but I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny to you. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. Like run under Pearson Pierce, which is, again, like a hilarious name too. Right. Speaking of the art director, there's so many details in it. Yeah. Like at the in the credits, just like a laundry list of brands, names. Yeah. As like they thank them for whatever products were given to set or whatever. And there's just so many of these high-end brands. Mm -hmm. And even when he's in the shower and he's talking about his beauty routine. Yeah. You see like Yves Saint Laurent and like all these Yeah. I was like, like wow. That. Like that's that's very expensive. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the level of materialism that they've represented mm-hmm. is it's so funny how or to me remarkable that they really got all the details down. Yeah. Like down to like making sure the I don't know how to say this brand. It's like a French name but Leoctane. That's I'm not sure. Butchering it. But it that's is like fine. it is like an expensive ass. So yeah. Um, that I see at Sephora every now and then. I pass by it. Yeah. Um, I say hi. But uh, yeah, it's, he's just like splooging all that shit and rubbing it all mm-hmm. over himself. And I was like, wow, it's it's interesting that they kept it to the these real brands, real details yeah. to show you how much money he's just like throwing around in his lifestyle. Well, I think it's probably common knowledge at this point, but the the whole like don't touch my watch line. Yeah. It was originally a Rolex watch in the book, but Rolex was like, Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't yeah. associate us with this. So actually everyone else in the movie is wearing a Rolex except for Patrick Bateman. Oh, interesting. They wouldn't let him wear it. <laughs> but there's even like a name drop for the body bag they use. Or I guess it's like a, an overnight or weekender duffel uh, bag. It's a Gautier um, bag. Yeah. But yeah. there was like another brand that they wanted to use and they said no. And so then that's that's the one they ended up using. I mean, sure it wasn't much of a downgrade. <laughs> yeah. <seriously. laughs> And what is the story with the rating version that we watched? Oh, yeah. So we watched the unrated version, which there's the NC-17 version versus the rated R version. And apparently there's only 30 seconds of deleted content. 
for the unrated version. And we discovered that it is the line where he tells Sabrina to look at Christie's asshole. And then eat it? And then eat it. <laughs> and then eat it. That's the unrated part. Where he's I, like, stop just looking at it and eat it. That's the thing that did it. It's so funny that there's a censor watching that movie. Yeah, and, and going, was like, that's too much. Okay, okay. So like, I got to do my job. I got to make a right. note for something. Uh, <laughs> they're not too graphic. He mostly does the killing off camera. Okay. Well, now he's watching porn. So there's this X-rated thing inside of the movie that's right. within view. Look at her ass. <laughs> ah <laughs> Eat it. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> now it's NC-17. <laughs> right. The the brief mention of a sexual activity is what does it. But not even the, right. the actual threesome that we see. Yeah. Oh, God. All that mirror posing. Oh. So funny. Oh, God. Yeah. The mirror posing was incredible. It's funny because like when you watch it, you're like going to be like, oh, man, this scene is going to get a little uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And then it doesn't. It's just funny. Right. Like, it's so hilarious. There's just, it's just so funny. It puts you inside his head so well. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, look at my body. Oh, I look so good. <laughs> Flexing and there's mirrors like, everywhere. Oh, he's like always looking at himself in mirrors though. Like right. even in yeah. the beginning when he says that first line where he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking cut you and like play in your blood. He's saying that right. to the mirror behind the bar. Yeah. And then he like looks at himself and he's like, yeah, I said that. I'm a badass. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole ego thing, but it's. Yeah, and he's looking at the camera. Yeah. Like, if he's not looking in a mirror, he's looking at the camera during the sex scene. And he keeps yeah. referring to, like, I have to go return videotapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, I think the last time he uses that excuse is with Reese Witherspoon when he yeah. breaks up with her. And the way he delivers the line is incredible. It's really good. Because it's half, like, you're making a scene and you're embarrassing me and I really want this to stop. Like, yeah. I need to go return some videos. That's why I'm leaving. But it's also like I'm freaking the fuck out and I need to get in control of myself. And I I just, I I need need to go return some videos. It's like somehow both of those (laughs) emotions. Both of them at the same time. It's like, I need to return some videos. Beautiful. And that's like such a like, I mean, I was alive when videotapes existed, but, (laughs) you know, not anymore. Like that's not really a thing anymore. But like I have to imagine at the time that's probably a reasonable excuse. Like not in that moment. Sure. You don't like fuck with the rental fees. Like, (laughs) Yeah. When he says it to Willem Dafoe and he's like, where were you that night? He's like, oh, I was returning some videos. Like, oh, okay. That's something we all do. Possible excuse. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Alibi. Sure. Don't want them to be late. Certainly. Certainly. Oh, the 80s. Also, I guess it's more relevant now, more so than ever. The two Trump references. Oh yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. Like, is that Donald Trump? Is that his car? It's like yeah. is that Ivanka Trump? Yeah. Why would you be at Tex Max? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's that's that weirds me out too because I was reading how the author of the book actually did base a bit of Patrick Bateman off of the idea of Trump, like right. the the showiness, the flashiness, the right. gaudiness is. Very Trump. And excuse me out even more, but I think it makes me, it makes it funnier watching it now being like, oh, well, now we're seeing that facade for Trump himself fall away. (laughs) And it's all bullshit. And this movie is a a nice tool that represents that. Right. Well, yeah. Like in the year 2000, like you're still got Trump in Pizza Hut commercials. You know, like he's still that. Oh my God. I forgot. He's still that Trump. That's just like, he's still the poor man symbol of, a rich man. Yeah. But like everybody buys into it. Was so he in Home like, Alone at that point yet? <laughs> Home Alone oh, 2? Yes. I yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> but 
this moment in the 80s in the story, it's like, oh, yeah, the art of the deal. Like Donald Trump gets it done. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's mad that they're all aspiring to be. Yeah. Or at least they don't need to be him, but he represents opulence. Sure. sure. You yeah. know, you can have a building with your name on it. Yeah. You know, when, when Bateman is like, oh, Paul Allen, I didn't realize his apartment looked over the park. Oh, he's like, I feel yeah. a panic. Right. Not because he has Paul Allen's dead body to deal with, right. but because, he has to create an alibi yeah. for him. But no, no, no. It's because his view is really good. Right. Yeah. So his apartment is clearly more expensive than mine. Sure, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then when the, the girls mention it, he's like, no, it's not. No, yeah. It's not. Oh, yeah. What does he say? He's like, He it's says, not. this apartment is nicer than your other one. It's not that much nicer. <laughs> he was so truly offended in that moment. Yeah. yeah. I think the most the most frightening part of this movie for me because I don't find a lot of it to be truly scary. Right. Because I'm too busy wiping my eyes laughing. <laughs> but <laughs> when he sleeps with the two sex workers yeah. and they're leaving and they seem to be having like an okay time during the threesome sure. and then, then they're both clearly visibly harmed. Yeah. And the one girl has that really deep gouge in her shoulder. Yeah. That, for, I was like so freaked out by that and like the way that she takes the money, like, mm-hmm. I really, her performance is so good. Yeah. But the way she takes the money and she's like crushed seeming and I'm just like, ugh. Apparently that, not the call girl, but Christy, that role yeah. was written just for that actress because she was a friend of the director. Oh, really? Yeah. So she, like, they both did a great job. Like, yeah. you can feel how uncomfortable they are though too. Which, again, they're like not attracted to him. Sure. So that's why I, I like him being an ugly person. Because oh, like, I see do you what know you what I mean? mean? Like, yeah. At some point, I don't know. Like, they're really not enjoying it. They're there, but, like, it's yeah. not fun. Oh, it's true. I wonder if they ever remake. I heard that they might remake this movie. Oh, God, why? I don't know if it's actually going forward, but I did hear something about it, like, a year ago or so. Um, I don't think it needs to be remade at all. But I wonder if there'll be a moment when they reveal, like, if he really looks like, you mm. know, or or if he's actually just supposed to be like a good-looking man who people just don't like because his personality sucks so bad or his like lack yeah. of personality is really off-putting. I mean, I think it works both ways, but yeah. I like I like that it works both ways. Yeah. Cuz I like don't know the answer and I'm happy not exactly knowing. Sure. What? Yeah. I don't yeah, I also don't think their reaction or their enjoyment comes down to how he looks. Yeah. Cuz like sure. the Christy is bathing, she's like, "Okay, this is yeah. Fine. And then he's like, no, bathe this way. And she's like, all right, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, and then get a robe and join us out here for drinks. But like, not that robe. Don't take my nice robe. Yeah. Sure. But but he's like, oh, it's a fine Chardonnay or whatever, yeah. like champagne, whatever it was. He's like, that's a really expensive drink and come join us for more drinks. Yeah. And she has this look like, oh, okay, like this isn't so bad. I, I could get used to this. And then she joins him in the next room and whatever he says, she's like, oh, this Freak. Like, yeah, I he has like gotta some get kind out of here. Weird speech about monogamy, but like based on music. So. Yeah. The oh, because he was talking about how like when Phil Collins goes and does his own solo stuff. Yeah, he's better. Yeah, that's what resounds with him more. Right. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure I can't imagine being a sex worker who has to deal with Patrick Bateman or Patrick Bateman like men. That would be a right, hard yeah. day on the job, despite all the yeah. opulence being offered yeah. as like a sideline, you know? That was something really interesting to you about the music because he keeps talking about these popular bands, but also makes note that like, oh, I didn't really care for their earlier stuff. It was too artsy or yeah. it was too experimental or 
um, to New Wave, you know, and he likes the extremely pop pop. Right. You know, more like condensed flattened pop. Yeah. It's, I see what he means though. <laughs> Early Genesis, it's too proggy and it's not like the technical kind of, hey, look at how fast we can play these guitars kind of prog rock. It's like, there's a land of mystical wizards. Oh, God. And in that land, we do this dance. I love it. It's very theatrical. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they move towards like a pop sound. Right. And then he did Tarzan. Well. And then he jumped, jumped to right into to it, Tarzan. But, but like Peter Gabriel was singing and he's like, the mystical lands. Yeah. And it makes sense like when you look back like oh yeah that's Peter Gabriel's voice and then they moved in this pop direction you're like yeah that's where like Peter Gabriel in your eyes comes out of that and then Phil Collins goes that way so (laughs) the musicologist in me is listening to Patrick Bateman like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah no I see your point Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh but it is interesting in the context of this character like why why is he talking about this is he trying to just fit in yeah. Yes. Yes. Or, or is he like getting something out of this music? It's the one thing that besides murder that makes him feel anything, you know? I think arguably both. Probably both, right. yeah. Because yeah. like he wants to fit in, so he's trying to connect to this music. And it's popular. Yeah. So. I think it's interesting that he's so hyper-focused on extremely popular right. um, yeah. groups, you right. know? Rather than like going to somewhere obscure, he wants to be able to like talk on a topic that like maybe everyone would have some knowledge of. Right. Yeah. Like Willem Dafoe pulling out the Huey Lewis oh, CD. Oh, yeah. Huh? And so oh. at the end of the movie, like, I guess Willem Dafoe doesn't really suspect him. I think, yeah. I think he kind of just gets a pass after a while, right? Well, so he very enthusiastically pulled the CD out. It was just like, this CD, huh? These guys are great. I just picked it up. You got to get this thing. Okay, bye. Apparently there yes. were, like, the, the three scenes with Willem Dafoe where um, he was supposed to play them in three different ways. So there's one where he's like suspicious of him, one where he believes him, and one where you're not sure. So technically you're like, like I have no idea. Right. I Maybe mm-hmm. tomorrow he knocks on his door and is like, you did it, motherfucker. Right. Like mm-hmm. I have no clue. I figured it out. <laughs> I can't believe I was having lunch with you the whole time. <laughs> I was listening to Huey the other day and it occurred to me. Yeah. yeah. It was like the word spoke to me. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because that, that goes back into like the whole like psychosis of it. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know what the hell's happening either. Yeah. You have no clue. Yeah. It's everyone is unreliable. Yeah. Cause everyone has zero connection to each other. Really? Yeah. Except for like obligations. They have meetings and obligations to talk to each other at certain Mm -hmm. times and they're like, okay, bye. I was just going to say, you sure. don't even watch them do that. Right. You just yeah. watch them bullshit before the meeting. <laughs> yeah. And then party after the meeting. I mean, the only time that we really see what's happening with Patrick Bateman not being there is when uh, Gene is looking at his agenda and like looking at the photos. Mm-hmm. Or not the photos, um, the the drawings that yeah. he did. Because every other scene is somehow related to Patrick Bateman when he's there. I think. Correct yeah. me if I'm yeah. wrong. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that every other time we see a scene, it's… It's like the only shot where he's out of the room. Yeah. That's the only time that we see something that's potentially reliable. Yeah. Right. That he doesn't enter into at all. Yeah. Yeah. What does she do after that? I don't know. She 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 just cries. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. For some reason, I thought there was more like a follow up 
sequence with her, but no. That's it. Yeah. There's there's a spot towards the end where right after he confesses over the phone that it then goes to like some office establishing shot. It holds there for a long time. Is that the end of the movie? That's a cool ending. Like, is <laughs> it going to end here? And then there's more. Yeah. And so it's all scrambled in my mind now. Yeah. What was after the scene where the lawyer's like, no, you, Smith? I think he just, or? he like, he sits back down and then they watch that thing about Reagan. Right. And, oh, also some fun facts. Uh, behind him, there's a sign on the door that says, this is not an exit. And that is the last line of the book. Ooh. Ooh. What's the last line Spooky. of the movie? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's something about, like, the story I'm telling you doesn't even matter. Right. Yeah. And then it's, it's just his, like, fucking eyes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it ends on the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I want to watch it again already. Like, it's such an interesting accomplishment that feels like an accomplishment while you're watching it. Yeah. Yeah. They they just nailed this very specific tone with 90%. Yeah. Going to exclude Jared Leto from this. 90% like great performances. Yeah. His performance was shitty, but like, I also agree. Like I see why he was cast. Like I, I see the young, attractive, stupid Wall Street guy too. Like right. I, I see yeah. that. Yeah, I get it. He just didn't do a good job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that Bateman's other coworkers were far more convincing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're watching him work. Like when yeah. he first comes up and he's like, "Hey, how's Cecilia?" You're just like watching gears turn. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to remember how to speak. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the performances are all so good. And the directing is, I think, really fantastic. Uh, again, the way it's shot. Uh, I think it's interesting that it's Brett Easton Ellis's second book and Mary Heron's second movie. Interesting. I mean, I think it's definitely like at the time it wasn't, you wouldn't see this and be like, yeah, a woman directed that. Like that wouldn't be something that you would consider, which right. is well, yeah, like interesting because you you see this isn't it's like this big macho man psychopath killer movie, but going back to the fact that he's kind of pathetic and like very unlikable and everything, it's kind of like feminist in I, a sense. I I think it is, and I think that was a big controversy about it when it was released because of um, it's really explicit depictions of like violence against women, and he's. I think it's hinted that he's racist. Maybe it's not hinted, but there's only really like a couple scenes that really display how racist yeah. he is. But in the book, it's like his internal dialogue is oh. continuously him just saying yeah. heinous things. But it's not just that. It's like ragging people's appearances, mm-hmm. talking about financial status, things like that. Like he's just like a despicable person. His inner dialogue is like real garbage. So there were many people and many feminists who were like, this is going to be a garbage movie. This should yeah. be made. Apparently the book was significantly more violent. And from what I understand, the violence against women is so much more graphic than it is depicted in this movie. Mm. Um, and because of that, I think people were very worried about what was going to be put out. Like it could potentially be the most misogynistic women-hating thing in the planet if handled incorrectly, right? Yeah, definitely. And if it wasn't clearly a satire and it wasn't clearly funny. Right. And that if if they had at all made him an empathetic character, then like, that would be a problem. And I think that was a big concern. But I think that the result is that he is such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone in the world that he inhabits is terrible. Mm-hmm. With the exception of the people who like 
are in service to him. Yeah. Like the dry cleaner people, mm-hmm. the sex workers that he interacts with, his secretary. Like those people are like fine. The real people that have to just like deal with this wrecking ball of a person. Like yeah, at some point during the day, you know. But everyone else is such trash. And I like that they they did make that a point. Being like, no, these people are not to be looked up at. They're not. They're not heroes of any sort. He's not even the hero of his own story. Yeah. Like, yeah. This totally. Is- totally. <laughs> This is like his downfall. He fails. Also, I just, it just didn't really click with me earlier having watched this when I was, I think I watched this when I was like 18, 19. The fact that he's only 27. Oh my God, I know. I was, I was like, like, what oh, the cool. fuck? Like, what, cool. How long have you been at this? <laughs> well, I think there's a, there's a line in the beginning where his dad almost owns the company or something. So yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, like, your dad practically like, owns the company. You have to imagine that he was just pulled into this. Like there was never a question that this would happen. Like he probably didn't have to do anything. He just showed up at the office at 21 and got a not, you know, a seat at yeah. the table. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> how nice. <laughs> Yeah. You know what else is crazy? Christian Bale was 26 in that movie. Jesus fucking Christ. Upon the year of its release, at least. What? So like 25 in that role. Oh my God. What a good actor he is. <laughs> that one, oh my God, that one scene where he walks, he's having the manic moment towards the end and he's sitting down with everyone, all his friends have a drink, whatever, and his eyes look just totally crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just something about how the physicality of that I was fucking cracking up. Yeah. I wish I could make that face on command. Just like. He's got such like rubber <laughs> facial expressions. Yeah. Also playing against William Defoe, who I feel like is the king of rubber face. Yeah. <laughs> Early on in the movie, I had a reaction that was like, oh no, this is just Jim Carrey. <laughs> like unhinged. Release Jim Carrey upon this movie. Like, I'll just channel a Jim Carrey performance. No, but all that's of not my it. words are over enunciated, and but it's not. No, it's not. It quickly becomes not yeah. that. But when he's like, "I am a businessman. Yeah. I am a normal businessman. Uh, <laughs> I am a I person." See, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could yeah. see that. Right. <laughs> no, quickly steers away from there. Yeah. Now I'm matching Jim Carrey doing the accents, <laughs> yeah. and that's oh my God. also funny. <laughs> Jesus. You ever hear Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> My Jim Carrey is very heavily pollen. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Huey Lewis in the news. That was beautiful. Oh, that was good. It was a beautiful homage. Oh, yeah. I you. loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Next horror movie, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, my God. So I truly think the next horror movie should be Vampire's Kiss. I, even, I, would I don't even that. know what that is. Yeah. It is. Nicolas Cage okay. in a, ooh, who directed that? Oh, wait, side note, Nicolas Cage was considered for this role, wasn't he? Oh, my he? God, was he? I, I don't I, know if I believe that. I remember reading it somewhere. Oh. So just like every man yeah, who was like popular who, in early 2000s. Enough, 19 years ago, these, I mean, it was 19 years ago, but these names are still pretty fucking popular now. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Funny. Yeah. You know? Although, who can say if Christian Bale would be as popular as he is now without the role that he took? It's true. Would he be Batman without Bateman? Would he have Would he have started doing such weird things to his body if he didn't? What do you mean? Do it now? Well, he like buffed up a ton for this. He like ate like chicken like every day. Oh, and, like, sure. Did like a weird diet for this. 
This was one of the roles where he started changing himself physically for roles. Oh. Was he in the machinist? He was. That and was him. He dropped like a ton of weight. Oh, that, dangerously. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Frank. I mean, well, I'm just looking at his filmography. From American Psycho, he plays one of the bad guys in Shaft. He's a very racist bad boy. Cool. I saw it in theaters and I was like, I don't like that guy. <laughs> and it was Christian Bale. And I was like, I don't want to see American Psycho. That that racist that bad racist boy. bad boys in it. So Shaft, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which is a Nicolas Cage movie. Our boys cross paths. <laughs> there were like a lot of times where people would like then star in other movies again. Someone was like, oh, cool. Batman finally killed Joker because he killed. Oh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Laurel Canyon. <laughs> oh, brother. That's a good reaction. <laughs> Reign of Fire, Equilibrium. Don't know those. The Machinist. Hey. He does a voice in the American Hell's Moving Castle. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And then Batman Begins, baby. Hey. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't see a movie that was as big as American Psycho. I'm always right. He started. I never said. (laughs) We're going to start it now. Episode one. Yep. I'm on board. I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, I'm a Leo. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm curious uh, if American Psycho was a hit when it came out. Do you know? Because I wonder. I feel like it's. I feel like it could rub people the wrong way, you know? Yeah. Looking at Wikipedia, full disclosure, American Psycho debuted at Sundance Film Festival. It polarized audiences and critics. Good. But when it came out in theaters uh it received good reviews from some crucial publications uh roger ebert gave it three out of four stars Ooh, that's pretty good said that bale was heroic in the way he allows the character to leap joyfully into despicability there is no instinct for self-preservation here and that is one mark of a good actor yeah i mean i from what i remember everyone was telling him not to take this role and he did it anyway yeah and usually that's the mark of either horrible decisions or incredible character growth as an actor. Yeah. I did hear that, that people were warning him that it was going to be a a career killer and that anyone who were to take that role would end their careers with it. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because like he did Newsies, Swing Kids, Pocahontas. Oh my God, Swing Kids. (laughs) Yeah. And then this is only a few years after that. That's true. Like he's only in his mid-20s. So they're like, you're going to fuck it all up. Don't do this crazy movie yeah and he's like you don't understand i'm batman um so frank you're saying something about vampire's kiss vampire's kiss is an incredible movie when did it come out in the 1980s okay and i don't even want to set it up too much because i just want you guys to experience it is nick nicholas cage is a vampire yes okay 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 nicholas cage Becomes a vampire over the course of this movie. Yes. Is that that's the setup? He is also a businessman. <laughs> okay. And he has to do business. Okay, okay. You sold me a little bit there. Is and it like he, a horror comedy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it well, it's like, is this movie a horror comedy? Yes. There's so many parallels. I will say there is no American psycho without Vampire's Kiss. Oh shit. That's, There's a thread? That's the cell. Okay. All right. There are parallels. We'll thread it. We'll yeah. thread that needle. Uh, 
I fucking love that we'll movie. Cash check. It is the movie, if you've seen the clip online of Nicolas Cage yelling at somebody, the alphabet. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what that's from? <laughs> that's in oh, Vampire's nice. Kiss, yeah. Okay. Oh. Because I've seen like okay. the, the freak out compilation. It's awesome. Okay, let's do it. It'll be worth it. I promise. Okay. It's okay. so good. Okay. I'm so down. So overall, did everyone enjoy the viewing of American Psycho? Yeah. On a scale of good movie to bad movie. It was a very good movie. Very good. Agreed. That's off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good movie. It was, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do we want to wrap up? I don't know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch us next week. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> I'm trying to make the horn sound. <laughs> yeah, I made the horn sound. What did you do? At Talky Horror on all social media platforms. <laughs> no. All of the ones that I made. <laughs> T A L K Y. Yes. Because I got it. Jim Carrey. <laughs> Somebody kill me. You <laughs> uh, good. I don't know what Phil Collins looks like. Billy my eye suddenly hurts. I don't know what's going on. You've never seen the music video for Billy Don't Lose My Number? I don't even, I've never even heard that song. Oh, Sydney put it on right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>